Once Jesus Christ. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds. A young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Tottenham Hotspur. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy and Miguel and the rest my friends is history and now all these years later you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge and their sensual advice but now it's gone too far you our fans are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod hello and welcome to the gooners pod um you know what's gone too far is that opening yeah um, I, <laughs> it, it, it is a bit much i the the new version of it i think my favorite new picture of that though is is mike hers cuddling up to troops <laughs> just given uh, the context given the context of, of everything Mike has said over the last two years or three years since that picture was taken I just love that there's a picture of him like fanboying troops in our I'm actually family. I'm actually shocked that troops sat still long enough for a fucking picture like I love troops don't get me wrong like he's he's a cool guy but like trying to keep up with him is the absolute worst you remember that Mike yeah, well, when he was in Baltimore, he literally, I mean, and this, and this is going to drive some people absolutely nuts. I just think it's funny. I, I don't think it's good, bad, or or indifferent. But, like, he walked into the pub in Baltimore, and people were, like, chasing him and, and like, standing behind him, waiting in line to say hi to him and stuff. It's just, it's so you, and, and I know for a fact that that absolutely kills people. It's just so funny because he just doesn't give a fuck about it. I remember when I met him in Denver, he and Robbie were like famished, so they wanted to eat. And they went downstairs into the basement and he was like, hey, you want to come hang for 10 minutes while we're like going to be alone? Mm. I "I don't want to bother your dinner. He's like, this is the only time we're going to get to actually chat. And I was like, oh, so I went down and hung with him for a little bit. And then it was the same thing. It was just like, I hate saying this, but it was like uh, seeing like a boy band member. I mean, people just <laughs> seriously like, like like if he got on a bus in Baltimore, there would have been people chasing after the bus. Like it was like... ridiculous. Hey, I can't remember. Was it this season you did it, or was it last season where you sped up the opening to last like a second? <laughs> what you'd like to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you're a man where 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 time is money. And, uh, you know, and I owe royalties every time that we play a, a you know, a four and a half minute <laughs> intro video. But um, 
I yeah. heard that it I heard it started off at one second, then he added a second for each time Andy wasn't on the pod. And that's Ooh. why it's as long as it is now. I did, but this is like three in a row and, and five <laughs> if you include the, the, the pods we recorded that I've just deleted that never will make air when we yeah, watch the game. None of us are running for Congress if those ever get out. Hey, so let's let's start with the with the game yesterday and then no, we'll, and then we'll with, move into the let's world. Let's start Cup with someone who's in the chat room who can't come on the pod because he's busy waiting for packages to get delivered, and that's no, no, I thought he's I thought he said I can't come in I can't be on a pod anymore because of my package. As in the, as in like, like he didn't want to accidentally be the third person this week who who would have great success after masturbating on film. Oh, God. Hey, actually, hey, there's the link. They, he was waiting this entire time to bring up masturbation, and I was wondering. I like much of the audience was wondering with like great anticipation, like how is he going to stick it in there? How is he going to get it in? And he figured it out. He figured I, I it have out. no problem fitting it in normally. Normally, I don't speaking even know of, what it says. Uh, speaking of masturbation, uh, Aston, did you know that Mike had a pool? Yeah. yeah. I, I just I, I wasn't sure you guys knew, so I, I thought that I would take 97 more pictures, do 14 podcasts, and, uh, and send videos. Have you actually gone in the pool yet? I'm literally in the pool right now. You are. You said you were going to do it. <laughs> I am. In the pool. I am in the pool. I'm not doing what I did a couple uh, a couple of years ago and jumping into the pool at, at the end of the pot. I am physically in the pool right now. What uh, what what temperature do you keep your pool at? Well, it, it's only just been opened from a chemical standpoint, so it is not yet fully heated. So I'd say it's pretty damn cold right now. There so you're is, not balls deep. There is shrinkage occurring right now. Um, but uh, fortunately, it's not that kind of podcast where we where we actually show that. Now, I'm going to ask a question that all of the listeners are wondering: Have you five inches of dick. your dick in a jet yet? No, but offline, I'll tell you a story about this. <laughs> oh, Listen. No. Listen, we are off oh, we got, to, we're we got, off to a fantastic start, by Mike's the way. Like, this I is... can't, I'm in the pool because I can't leave the pool until the medical services show up with some Vaseline. Yeah, in, 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 in approximately two hours and 47 more minutes, I'd need to be calling a doctor. Uh, <laughs> it'll, I'll have been, it'll have been my four hours. Hey. When we were designing the pool, at, you know, when Steph and I were sitting there with the, uh, with the pool people, I mean, was it that inappropriate that I asked for the size of the Jets? The circumference and the depth of the Jets. <laughs> I, here's a serious question for you: At what point in the conversation did Steph nix the picture of you being on the bottom of the pool, <laughs> like a mural of yourself? <laughs> I said, "Look, it's the bottom of the pool or our bedroom ceiling, one yeah. or the other." Yeah, and, You're like, uh, I'm going to be dressed up as a merman. It's going to work. It's going to oh. fit a vibe. Should they, I, if you had played, you know, how people always like, if you had told me at the beginning of this season that we'd be sitting first when five points, clear, if you had told me 27 and a half years ago that I would still be married to the same woman uh, and that I would become such a jackass. I mean, I was actually kind of all right when I was 24. No, you weren't. No, but I mean, I was better than this. I don't know you give yourself credit by saying I would be married to the same woman. I think we can flip that and say she's still married to you. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She is but that's because she is wildly accepting of mediocrity. She has no. <laughs> her standards are are in the gutter. 
She's only brought me to the carpet ever. She's like, I've basically hit rock bottom and I'm here to stay. And now people are realizing <laughs> that I have the bell sitting by the table with a microphone. Yeah. He literally I, I want I want everybody to like just take in the production value here. Mike is currently pantsless in a pool with a bell. He brought all of his technical equipment. If this isn't like peak tgp i don't know what the fuck is and out out of out of maybe 360 or so pods that we've done this may be the fourth or fifth that i've actually urinated during oh god <laughs> yeah yeah probably the fourth probably in probably the second best though probably the second best oh look at this look at this bird behind me here hold on Everybody wants right. to know if you've uh, if you've wrestled a gator yet, which I can also tell you as a fellow Floridian, that is a thing we do. So yeah, I haven't had to yet, but uh, I feel bad for the first gator that tries me. It tries to have a go. <laughs> By the way, shout out, uh, shout out, Gooner Craig, shout out, Dimsig, shout out, three one two Gooner, shout out, Mark. Love seeing you guys in the chat. Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Are we ever going to talk about football? Or are we just going to talk about Mike's balls? I wonder what else Mike has done to the house. Um, <laughs> the sleep number bed came today. Oh, did you get the one that heats up and like blows it, cold air? It heats up. It blows cold air. It has the double like one side can go up and the other side. Yeah, can go that's up. what Chris and I did, but we didn't do the heater. Um, dude, last night I hit, and, that. and it has a little indentation about halfway down. <laughs> Last night I um, did the. I slept in the zero gravity setting. That was weird. Oh, I got to try that out. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't even laid on it yet because it came just as I was getting ready to get in the pool because the game was on. So, uh, so tonight will be the no more air mattress. Hello, sleep number bed, and um, we're getting it ready for you guys to come visit. Athens, like, can you guys stop being so white talking about your sleep number beds, dude? You haven't lived until you get. A bed that moves. Uh, my bed doesn't move, but I have like Aston the makes his bed move. I, I, yeah, first of all, <laughs> no, I don't need any help there. I don't need any assistance. But no, and I his have entire one of those... bed is an indentation. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. I have like those super foam ones, like that, like mm. contours to yours. So yeah, I'm I'm already half there. I should probably get something mechanical. The only thing is, is I just have a I have a weird feeling about me sleeping with a robot. You know, there's always been a Mine vibrates. It's so stupid. It doesn't do it for how, much, how many coins do you put in? Uh, you have 35 cents. 35. <laughs> you, that's equivalent you say, to, for, for those of you over across the pond, that's about, at this point, about 27p. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 27p. Did you get the glory hole attachment? <laughs> That was why do you look, think why do you think I'm coming to it? Run, at some point you run out of money, and that was where we ran out of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All well, right. So speaking know. of glory hole, uh, the the Hers Derby yesterday. We we had a nice watch of the game. Was that yesterday? It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. Dude, they all blend together. We all we do is beat Milan now. We beat them in in the Champions League back in the Sesc days. We beat them in the Europa League. Uh, which uh, at the San Siro and uh, when Aaron Ramsey, Aston's favorite player, uh, scored that was a, a sweet goal. goal. Or a brace. I was uh, I was actually at that game, and then we just beat we beat them. We batter them everywhere we go. I think I can speak for everyone when I say that both Milan and hers are a bunch of bitches. 
Well, that's, that's true. And actually, unfortunately, Milan being bitches, I think your memory's a little off, because don't you remember the we should have gone through uh, against them against uh, the Van Persie year, where Van Persie, uh, we needed to get three goals to get back in it. And Van Persie scored, we scored two goals, and then Van Persie oh, missed the yeah, third. Yeah, I forgot that we played them then. I, I yeah. completely forgotten about that. Well, I, I try to erase it from my mind because it had Milan and Van Persie in it. So it was just like, ugh. Yeah, that was um, that was Mike Hur's favorite moment uh, as an Arsenal fan when we got beat by Milan. But that didn't happen yesterday. Yesterday, we just spanked him. And what's crazy about it, too, is uh, Milan, unlike Leon, Leon, are supposed to be a little further ahead of schedule. I think the Italian league comes back before the French league. And we still never really look too bothered about it. Dude, if this is our second team, and and I know it was an interspersement of first and second team players, but... um, the, the fluidity that normally takes a hit when we have these hodgepodge lineups, uh, like cup games and, 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 and that sort of thing, I just haven't seen it. And, and I don't mean to put too much stock, because if I was, I'd have to rectify, recognize in my head that we lost 4-2 to Watford, um, <laughs> you know, and, and call for Arteta's head. But uh, To be fair, in that game, we apparently were 2-0 we up, and we got scored four times on when we switched out for kids. Oh, did we? I didn't even yeah. look at the look at the situation. I knew I knew Eddie scored and and someone else scored. But yep, first half, and then in the second half is when they changed everybody, and then we went four 0 down. So technically, our B squad has been doing it. All right. Well, look, um, it, it it gives me some hope that as we start integrating this team back, you know, again these 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 kind of distractions and changes, and they seem to be impacting this team this year so much less than it normally does it's like one little thing goes wrong and the whole house of cards falls down in the past but i'm not seeing that this season no i mean i'm taking it you know pretty easy in the fact that we were playing their b squad and it was our b squad but the team look fluid you know we can plug and place various individuals and it doesn't look like we miss a beat there's been some matches this season especially in europa where it has looked like we've, you know, not been as fluid moving forward and it's just been a little stale, but but that happens. What I found pretty interesting was City looks like that sometimes. I mean it's no, not yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what I found interesting was not really what happened on the pitch. It was kind of what happened off with the majority of our World Cup squad members opting out of longer holidays and saying, Hey, I'm gonna return to the team. Um you it's know, like those optional there's... workouts in the NFL where, where, where you, <laughs> right. know, you kind of know it's not that optional. You know, un- unless there's been some ultimate pressure from Arteta and his staff, which I very much doubt with him being an ex-player, that speaks kind of volumes of, of not only the mentality of our teammates, but kind of the the culture he set in place. Now, it's a little bit nice that, like, a lot of those players were an hour flight away, so they could, you know, leave the mm-hmm. – Country, a cab. Go, go on holiday for a co- That's racist. Go on holiday for a couple of days. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I don't even. Of all people, Aston. Yeah, come on. Does it? Does it? Now, now, I mean, you, you make a good point. And Aston, do you think it is the tone that's set by Arteta that, you know, look, you, you can have this time off. 
but they but but you kind of can't have this time off if you want to you know hold your spot or do you think it's a bigger thing than that it's it's literally just the the way that Arteta has has man managed this team and maybe it's more your granite Jaka and 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 uh Odegaard who are saying you know what we're coming back soon so we want you know we expect to see you. it's almost as henchman for Arteta so he doesn't have to be the one who's forcing everybody back sooner i mean and, and if that was the case i'd almost be more excited by that in the sense that you know you want to have a, a leadership team for lack of a better word we laughed at it when he, you know when when we learned about our five player leadership team last season but uh but you want to have that so that some of the the small things and the micromanagement that lead to having all your players back and the harmony and stuff don't have to always come from the one guy. Yeah. Alternative, alternative theory though, actually like a, a third, even grander option that combines a lot of your ideas there, which is maybe just maybe the players that are away are aware of the fact that the, this is the shot for their B squad counterparts, right? I need to be in that West Ham game because the player that replaces me is actually coming for my spot. So if I'm not there and I'm not training and I'm not on it, who knows? What if Reese Nelson comes in after on the back of a couple of games that he had in Premier League and absolutely lights it up? Fuck. Now I got to fight for that spot again. What if El Nini, what if El Nini, I, I mean, unlikely because we saw Partey already, but what if El Nini comes in and does a job? Um, ben White, there were questions about his, his mental ability to play. That's why it was very important that he played yesterday. You have to remember that we write off our second squad. Uh, obviously, you know, I made the joke the other day about how we're always said that we don't have depth, but then we watch Leon go and slap Liverpool like nothing. And we're reminded maybe our B squad is quite good. Maybe that's why we need to chill about the January transfer window. Uh, let's not get our hopes up. Don't expect three, four. I would be even surprised if we got two players really. Um, Maybe we just have a good squad and maybe that competition breeds excellence. Maybe it breeds that environment that you're talking about where it's not so much, hey, um, I don't really have a choice but to play, but I need to play because I want to fight for my spot and I want to be seen favorably. Um, I, what I think by is, the way, you can't before you go to your next point, you can't say mm -hmm. maybe just maybe without making me think of, of Samantha Fox. Uh, you guys aren't old enough, but I'm sure. I'm like, who in the hell? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure some folks in the chat, Demsec, I'm sure will remember uh, Naughty Girls Need Love Too, which, uh, you know, look that up, listen to it on Spotify afterwards. See, I don't want to hey, get it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do everyone a favor and tell you don't Google Naughty Girls Need Fun Too. Like, it, it's not going, it's if you're love, going to do Naughty it. Naughty Girls Need Love Too. Samantha Fox. It's a great song and, uh, and it starts the same way that you started your last point you know I, I think as we as we roll into the second half of the season uh the most important great segue <laughs> the most important group of players at arsenal is going to be that second string because they are going to have to come in at certain times to ultimately fill gaps and you know i was thinking about reese nelson during that match with you know remembering like oh shit three weeks ago, like he was kind of on a tear, you know, and mm. um, I don't see anyone 
on the the backup squad like uprooting Asaka, right? Mm-hmm. But we are going to rely on them so heavily, and so I almost you know hope that they got as much one on one time with Arteta playing and whatnot. Um, I feel like I've missed something with this Sam Fox. Yeah, yeah, listen. I, it's listen. Just, you guys are just a little too young for that. But my, but our 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 old British demographic, I knew would pick up on that. So, uh, so thank you, Mark and De- and Kevin. Um, don't don't worry about. But speaking of things that are are leading people's interest, I think something leading our interest is our leader. Martin Odegaard. We talk so much around the game. We're talking about so much stuff like, you know, our players came in, you know, who's fit, who's not. But actually, if you paid attention to the game, one of the things that really stood out for me is once again, Martin Odegaard leading the leading the charge. I think that he gets written off as, and, and I've said again, remember that one time that I met Odegaard, Mike, remember? Yeah, yeah I remember that the camera was on, and then after yeah. the camera went off, he told you some stuff. Yeah, but the thing that I'm actually um, referencing is the fact that he was so talkative. People always write him off as if he's like some Ozil type, Ramsey type, super quiet, doesn't really command people on the pitch, but it turns out it was Martin Odegaard that was running up to the AC Milan coach saying, hey, this is a friendly lay after a foul on like the second or third foul on Vieira. And I think that's so important to see because we always say that that's Jaka. What are we going to do when Jaka is not on the pitch? Who's going to command us when Jaka is not around? Well, the answer has always been Odegaard and will continue to be him. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, he's he's coming into his own as a leader. Um, I love the fact that he wasn't in the World Cup because he really just seemed to to focus him on on just kind of fine tuning his game in in perhaps a little bit less than than full speed. He's quickly becoming one of the better set piece takers in the league, and I mean I don't even we all laughed at how the the, the AC Milan goaltender was blaming his line or his defenders for that first goal. I mean, what did they do wrong? It, it, it's some some free kicks just can't be stopped. And I'm still saying that he scored the second goal too. I mean, it, it, it was uh, it was either a deflection by the defender or by him, but that's, you know, in, in hockey, Andy, you know, and, and Aston, I'm not going to assume you, you don't know for any particular reason. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there are t- like tip-ins all the time and shots that are redirected in front of the goal. So I, I think Odegaard got a brace yesterday, and uh, and that's what I'm going with. But I'm still I'm just obsessed with the fact that uh, that I didn't know until today that you had spent some time with Odegaard. <laughs> you, you know, Andy. Yeah? yeah, yeah. I was I weird story. No one's ever heard about it. No one's ever seen it. We didn't really make it a public thing. But no. apparently, like I hung out with. Odegaard it isn't the reason we invited you onto the podcast. I just yeah. thought, oh, you're that guy from the commercial. Yeah, it turns out I I also met Odegaard, uh, Andy. So he. Odegaard's taken on a lot of Xhaka's leadership, a lot of Mikel Arteta's tactics, but what often isn't talked about is Odegaard's hair game has improved dramatically since as, uh, joining as, Arsenal. Yours now, looks is the that same. A, huh? Yours looks you, the same. Oh, yeah, my hair is exact. Well, remember, I when, joined, remember when you showed up without that and you, you took off the, the, the haircut that you have and you showed up and I was like, what did you do? 
That was like two years ago. Yeah. Every now and then I cut my hair and it's a shock to the world. I remember Mike literally thought Mike thought I was a different black guy. So it's just it is what it is. I thought you were Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. I got you confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh dude. All of these, like, okay, back to his hair. I will say Yeah, that, we need to talk about this. You know, obviously, they are um, all seeing Rob Holding's doctor because, you know, it's insane. That guy's Yeah, Gabrielle's you know, line is – go ahead. I'm saying he operates on a referral basis, clearly, because, uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of clients. I mean, you know, Gabrielle's dentist is being used for other, peop- for, uh, for other people, but the uh, – the hair game of Arsenal is, I mean, other than Bellerin, it's always been pretty good, but this is just getting insane at this point. It's getting don't absolutely you, crazy. Don't you come on this show and disrespect Bellerin's mane, okay? His glorious man Mane. Bun. <laughs> his incredibly, uh, his Mane bun. Yeah. yeah, he was, he was, he was having it, okay? Bellerin's just too high fashion for you. You just don't understand, Mike. No, I don't. I, I happily don't understand. Um, so we have yeah, but Gabriel's hairline. We have four trophies this season already, and it's not even Hanukkah yet. How is that possible? When is Hanukkah? I don't know. <laughs> I think it starts next Monday. But did I, you I put mean, up your Hanukkah bush? Uh, <laughs> no, but I put your mom's up. <laughs> Mike is about as Jewish as he is American, so yeah, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm an American who roots for the England national team, and I'm a Jew that roots for Jesus. Um, you know, <laughs> he's a Jew that roots for Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you're not you. You really shouldn't count on me to to, to do what I'm supposed to do. But I forgot what picture I was just looking for. But it was going to be four- incredible. With four trophies, Andy, do you think we're going to be able to wrangle some of these transfer targets that we've been hearing all about? They're like, I was only going to come for the Dubai Cup. Yeah, Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, obviously, if if we're looking at, you know, like, all we got to do is show, look, we got to text an agent a picture of all the trophies we've won this summer. And, dude, I'm surprised Mbappe is even going to play on Sunday. Because he should be, be he should be on his way to Dubai. He's going to do guy. what most of the like uh, college kids do here. Instead of playing in the bowl games, they're going to set it out so they don't get hurt. This is the Aston that showed up at my hotel room, by the way, uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Listen, I was an adorable kid. You can't oh, you man, can't you bottle were. that sort of energy, okay? Like I just Andy. Look now, Andy's done. We've and gotten Andy, rid of Andy. He looks a lot like me. I'm, I'm glad we don't have the other uh, thumbnail uh, picture in there that we used yesterday. I swear to God, this pod's supposed to be about Arsenal, and I want to talk about these because we literally have um, the CEO of Shakhtar Donetsk in London right now. I yeah, mean, certainly me, there's something uh, I, to talk about there. I, I was um, I, I heard today that we bid 35 million and that that was swatted back by Shakhtar, which is mm. it should be no surprise. Then we went to 35 million and one. Now, um, <laughs> is he legitimately like known to be in London? I mean, is that a thing? Yeah. He, he, he was re- the quote coming out from him was taken from him in London, which was him saying that obviously there's a player that um, we value at around 80 million. There are many English clubs that are interested. Their offer, the offer on table isn't what we need it to be. 
but we are talking is is like the quote and i think that actually comes out ornstein tw- uh, tweeted that quote i know a couple of rep- reputable journalists have tweeted that quote so it looks like mudrick is is definitely no one's gonna like it, it's not done until he's pictured in the arsenal shirt right like until he's on arsenal.com yeah, but this is one of those this is one of those where where like no other team is being talked about yeah it's known from both sides like, like when this happens like this happened with gabriel this happened with um with Pepe, like like you just know that Pepe. things are moving closer, I mean, and it could break down. But like, I feel it, like that's got to be kind of the player saying to the agent, "This is it for me," right? I mean, because yeah. otherwise, your agent shopping you around. If you're hearing no other buzz, it's almost like the player and or agent have both agreed, like this is the one stop we want. And you're right; there are certain transfers we're having this happen to us, like yeah. Like, when, yeah. when when we're basically left with no negotiating stance. I literally know nothing about this guy. Um, so what position does he play? He plays left wing. Uh, also, I think that I think what the, we don't I, have any of those guys. The, the idea is, though, is he's going to probably be converted into striker. There's been, uh, I think Arteta was quoted as saying that he could see, like, like when talking about Mudrik at some point, he says he, he had, like, the... Um, qualities of a striker as well but yeah speed merchant though like like isn't i mean isn't he just basically a sprinter with a with a good finishing touch with the really good dribble as well i mean i i that's true he's fast with the ball at his feet i've I've seen that in the in the champions league games yeah and he's got he's got a trick or two to get him around a player the biggest thing with him though is it's not that he's got a good finish it's that remember when martinelli first like got into the arsenal squad and there's just that thing that martinelli did where it was like no matter what the angle was he could get a shot off that's what mudrick has he's got he's very in producty he's very esr like he's not he's not going to be involved too much in build-up he's not going he i've seen him create some great assists but it's more because he was already in the box you know but it's it's really he's the guy that's going to find a weird angle and get the ball in the back of the neck which is something that we need um interesting interesting guy i i think what's the most interesting is i've never seen a player that's said come and get me as hard as this guy i mean he's got his wife doing interviews like (laughs) have you guys ever it's almost a little desperate like like i'm not sure i want him like i mean he's not too bad i don't like that he's rocking the 1990s boy band haircut i've just looked up dude Mm -hmm. um that's what andy yeah he's gonna make his judgment on that he also played for fc arsenal kiev oh that might be why so Mm -hmm. Is he confused? <laughs> he just wants to go back, and 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 he's forgotten already. Um, <laughs> and this is push the for thing. a move to Argentina to to Arsenal Sandri. Oh, or... and plus in his um, Instagram it says, "Be careful, loving Jesus, you risk becoming happy." So, like, dude loves our striker already. I know. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's coming for his job. You know, we do have a history of converting pacey wingers to uh, to the, to the center forward position. So, you know, the, wait, the, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that he's going to become the next Thierry Henry? Did Aston? Did you hear Mike just say that? I did. Mike Mike explicitly said that, just like he said Jude Bellingham was coming to Arsenal in that uh, financial. And you, know, and you know who I told that to? Mm. <laughs> 
You've never brought that up before. That's Tell actually Mudrick. That's Mudrick right behind him, uh, over, <laughs> looking over his shoulder. Uh, uh, hey, quick question for you guys. So I forget which ex-Arsenal, maybe it was Ian Wright or someone else, but they mm-hmm. said if you gave them a blank checkbook right now for any player in the world, they were actually going for Declan Rice and over Jude. And I thought, you know what? That's, I mean, I think Declan's going to go to United, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, as a utility player, it's probably either of those two are a great signing, but I would take Declan Rice in a heartbeat. Could play center back, defensive mid, central mid. Shit, you could probably put him out like. Yeah, but he's going to be 125. He's going to be more expensive than Grealish. I don't know. I think the only reason that he will is because Jude's got the release clause. And isn't Declan going to Chelsea, I thought? I thought yeah, he's going to Chelsea. Yeah. I, this is the thing about Declan. Listen, listen, listen. I get it. He's got the English thing. Everybody loves him. But when I look at Declan, I just see a guy that, like, he reminds me of, like, Torreira and Coughlin. Like, he's great at breaking up play. But is there anything like is, is there anything past that? A great YouTube. Like I said, if you've got him in the right midfield, I think he does wonders. He's like a little English Conte, right? Breaks the play up, gets the ball, gets the ball going. Sure, but I just don't think that we have the setup for for that type of ball winner. Xhaka doesn't really play that role, you know, and I think that if we if we have like the parte role be based upon like uh just breaking up play, you need another player to anchor the midfield and start the attack. And I and I just don't think that we're gonna do that. I I, I don't know. Deglin's not my cup of tea, but anyway. I just, I just think I mean you know we're we're not spending 70, 80, 90, 100 million pounds on a player anymore. I mean, like, it would have to be an un- otherworldly type of thing. I mean, I think I, I think that a lesson was learned slash some change in, in approach was learned with the whole Pepe situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you don't just spend 70... I mean, as Arsenal, you don't spend 72 million on a player, get such little out of him, potentially take a complete loss uh at the end of the contract unless we are able to sell him this summer which i think is mandatory but like i don't think you do that and then you just keep going after players again i mean the cronkies will sanction moves they'll sanction 150 million pounds two summers in a row and possibly three in in transfers but they want to get a full shopping cart uh of of goodies with that rather than one player that can be boom or bust um what's different about us than a manchester city who spent you know who who bought Grealish, who bought holland who bought uh you know and, and manchester united who have bought multiple players above 72 million pounds is that that person goes straight into our first team there is no competition there isn't you know a a wait two years until you have the starting job jack Grealish, and in the meantime you're going to be considered a you know, a waste of money, that person has to go directly into the starting lineup. And at this point, there's a very small handful of players that you can just automatically say kicks our best, you know, one of our best 11 out. There are some, I'm not saying our, our, you know, there's no one in our, in our first 11 who's, irre, you know, who's not replaceable and should become second best, but um, you know, they've got to be seriously good. Bellingham, would replace Xhaka. Declan Rice would, you know, him and Partey can, I mean, with, with, with how often Partey gets hurt, 
Declan Rice, if you can find a cheaper version of Declan Rice, not worse, but cheaper, because he's less English, less English, you know, Premier League proven, and 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 grow your own Declan Rice. That's what Arsenal want to be getting into, is making their own superstars like they used to, rather than buying established ones. And there's enough of a track record of big money flops in the Premier League to warrant having that approach. You know, you can you can spend a million. You know, as 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 I said in the Magic Mike uh, uh, shows you the money part two, which debuted to, to relatively little fanfare compared to the first episode over the summer. Um, there's the, uh, there's the ability to do it, but then there's also the wisdom of doing it. And those are, you know, you, you can spend that money without getting way above the, the payroll that we had even three or four years ago and way below the growth of the payroll that you're seeing with every other team. But it just doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do, especially with the profile of our team and, and, and below the wage structure. So right now we're looking in the neighborhood, I think, of 50, 45 to 55 million pound players who are going to be on anywhere from 100 to 200,000 a week. And Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, all those top, top transfer targets are, don't fit in that category. Well, what do you think about this then? Because you're talking about buying a player outright at that 80 plus million range, which I do agree. And with the Mudrick deal um, looking very, very incredibly positive, I would say maybe they settle at 40 or 50 for that. I think it's going to end up being 55. That's what I think. One, do we are we satisfied with that possibly being our only business as I think it might actually end up being as a history of watching Arsenal? Or two, like what do you think of loan deals? Because there's a lot of noise about a loan deal for somebody as incredible as Jao Felix. Maybe we don't pay Jao Felix's fee up front. We instead do it alone with an obligation to buy at 85 million is the word that's being uh kind of sounded out by the end in, in the nose right now. I, I don't think that Arsenal's going to do anything with an obligation. I don't know why we loan players out with obligations at good prices, mm. but they're not going to do a loan with an obligation at a huge price uh, because ultimately that's, I mean, you've purchased the player. You have to allocate those funds going forward. So I don't, I don't see that. What I, what the only I, reason you would do it is if you don't have the money now, but you know you're going to have the money six months from now. You know, but, well, well, but, but if it's an obligation, imagine we do a loan with an obligation to buy. And then we don't make the Champions League. I mean, that that's why they're not going to do it. If we were comfortably Champions League every single year, could rely on that additional 80, you know, 70 to 80 million pounds of money over the Europa League, that's a different story. But, you know, again, I just... I, I Isn't the argument that that would make us Champions League, though? Like, what if that deal made you Champions League because of the quality of players? Well, I don't know that we need that deal to make us Champions League this, for next season. Um you know, we're, we're already at the point where I think as long as we avoid that, that, you know, the pitfalls we're, we're, we're I mean, we're way ahead of where we were at this point last season. Um, the thing I, last year's confusing January, I, I wasn't mm -hmm. confused or upset that when we didn't get the player that we wanted, which was Vlaovic, mm -hmm. that we didn't buy anybody. I am surprised we didn't loan though i mean I, I i don't know who necessarily was available but i i am surprised we didn't do loan deals for six months or for this for the you know the second part of the season because ultimately it was our lack of depth and our bad luck with injuries that ended up costing us i mean part and and red cards you know Partey comes back from the 
from missing games due to AFCON and then comes back and immediately gets a red card. You know, our entire back four gets hurt just about, uh, you know, at the same time and very, and, and in various combinations. And, you know, loaning players would have had that not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine that we didn't go and buy a bunch of 35 and 40 and 50 million pound players that, that didn't really fit either the, the play profile, the man management profile, the psychology, that was fine. And it enabled us to have the summer that we did. Um, you, I don't think we're going to let that happen again. I mean, Mudrick is insane depth if we bring him in and, and likely we'll start some games, especially with ESR coming back. And I, I do think that there's a midfielder involved in the, in the mix somewhere. And even if it is alone, there's going to be one more midfielder coming in. Uh, I don't know who that is. I, I love the idea, Pedro, of, of Amrabat. Um, he seems like the perfect type of profile to bring in. Um, and and then I know that he's not a midfielder, but we were talking about this. Marcus Turan seems like an inter- – I mean, he's in the last – his contract is expiring this year. Doesn't seem ready to, to resign with Borussia Mönchengladbach, and he's, you know he's a 25 year old guy who seems to be on the upswing. I mean, is, does anybody have? <coughs> I'm starting to get really intrigued by this. Who? Lilian Taram's son, Marcus. He oh. was. Uh, he just. He was. You know. I think he's the one who. Who? Oh no! It was Mbappe that passed it to, to the. Yeah. Master um, you know, Mike. I don't know anymore, man. I, you know, it's the January in the summer is the worst time to be a fan because you have all these fake ass in the nose who, you know, oh, I know this person who lives in their mom's basement and they said that we're going to sign blah, 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 because he's a bell end. I just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I know. We, we, I mean, and we're not even in January yet. So it's, it's going to get ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, we knew Jeremy's this was going to fire happen. up his, uh, his wheel. But. It also depends on, like, I mean, no one really knows. And they haven't come out with a timetable on Jesus, right? So, like, yeah, he had knee surgery. Now, did he have a meniscus tear? I mean, if he had a meniscus tear, he's walking around at this point because I've had enough of those. I know within five or six days, you're in physical therapy and you're pretty much getting your knee bend back. It's building the muscles around that to get it back to shape. Did he have something with his ACL? Then it's a completely different story, right? Yeah, I don't think it's his ACL. No, because then that would be <clears throat> season ending. So I think, you know, you probably had something go in where they, they removed some of the cartilage or, or whatever. And maybe it won't be a three-month injury, you know, but ultimately I bet we don't know until after the holiday. Like I bet we West Ham, we get through West Ham and then who's our match after. Is it uh, no, I forget who we play after West Ham. I think it's somebody important though, isn't it? Well, uh, it goes West Brighton, Brighton, Brighton away. When yeah. So they're not going to like, those three are not easy matches on paper. So I could see us a hundred percent. Um, going in and just uh, signing Mbappe. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Mbappe is really the only reasonable option, I think. Um, uh, yeah, listen. but he plays, he, play, he plays in a position that we've already got so much depth in. I mean, what, we don't need that. It's we true. I mean, so, uh, who, who are you going to take out for Mbappe, Martinelli? 
Yeah, yeah. like tr- fa- facts, facts. Katia, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take out and Katia and play Mbappe up top. I mean, yeah, you're you're right, Mike. Nobody right. understands football the way. Hey, they can, can we just for a second give a shout out to uh, in about in uh, thirty minutes? I gotta leave, take my son to the uh, under six indoor winter league uh, semi or no, it's the finals today. So so you entered in the semifinals and now you're in the finals. We're in a four team league. We have not won a game all season because we're playing kids who are two years older. <laughs> we, we crushed the semifinal game. Did you bring in Leo Messo? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we got a finals tonight. Nice. All right. Well, please keep us posted. Uh, come back on Twitter and, and let us all know how it goes with all the no, videos. Thank you. I'm not going to give Elon my money. Oh. What money? <laughs> well, I. Well, <laughs> As if Elon what needed your money anyway. Yeah, he's it's indirectly giving Elon the money because if he comes back, all the advertisers are coming back. If Andy's on, yeah, exactly. That's why. Yeah, Mbappe's too selfish. Can can so, we um well, as, we, I, as we continue to jump? Okay, go go ahead, and then and then I want to change the topic. Yeah, I wanted to say real quick. I think it's really important to revisit something that um, I think we need to think about when we consider squad building. Um, Arsenal actually have openly told us the number of players they want in each position. And one of the things that I think that isn't often talked about is we want seven attackers. We want two in each position and one like floater is the kind of idea. And right now I think we are at six like that can actually start it without having to shuffle Vieira in there. And Vieira is kind of our extra attacker in that sense, but we really want him in our midfield numbers. So we really do have space for one attacker and then replacing Jesus. So I think that come January, um, if the links with like Felix or, or, or Cunha has been actually suggested that's come out today, us going in for the Atletico, uh, the Atletico Madrid man, um, is come January like 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 Wacky Wednesday, you know, terrific <laughs> Thursday. Come January, like, like a, he just everybody. Can we all just take a moment and appreciate that I was saying something and Mike heard come and got the most excited he has been since we were talking he's about the jet, the, since we were talking about the pool jets. We gotta get back in the pool. I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a professional forty nine year old father of two and and. As soon as he said the word come January, I, I lost every bit of my faculties and started thinking of a joke. Who's that yeah, dude he... that has the sex podcast, Mike? I can't think of his name right now. Sex podcast? In Canton's group. Oh, F- French. Yeah, French. French. Uh, you should go on his pod. You guys like could just talk about just I'm not, I'm not nearly uh, misogynistic enough uh, to be on his podcast. So. Speaking of misogynistic, is this guy's packages not arrived yet? Uh, I don't think I don't think until his wife gives it to him he'll ever get a package. So oh shit! <laughs> this, is Jared, this is Jared with his package arrived. <laughs> this is Jared. He's all dressed up waiting for his well, package. Actually, that's the day his package left. Oh no! <laughs> we love you, Jared. Come back to the show. We oh, we yeah. just la- we lash out when we're hurt, and yeah. we're hurt that you weren't on this show. That's all that's going on. Dude's just sitting by his window waiting for the Amazon delivery guy to show up. He's got the login. He can jump on. <laughs> so, all right. So here's what I – oh, sorry. You know, we got off track because somebody interrupted Aston when he was talking about come January. 
Yeah, no, I was just saying that the if you start seeing the links heat up, I think one of the most the thing that we'll take note in is that means Jesus is out for a longer time than we than we actually anticipated. The more you're going to see the links, the more the more we build towards a a seven person. Like if Mudrick isn't the last person to come in, and we are looking for another forward, it means we could probably say goodbye to Jesus for the rest of the season. And that's actually something I'm worried about. The more I'm hearing more links, the more I'm hearing we're getting Mudrick plus another player, which I just can't see if that becomes reality i i really worry about the oh, well-being if, of Jesus. if we sign mudrick and a center forward like a like a taram or 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 somebody like that yeah i i would agree i just i don't think mudrick alone causes you to be worried about jesus but mm-hmm. um uh, isn't it ridiculous that we're talking about buying strikers for 50 million when um for about that much city bought holland and alvarez well mm. That's but that, that that's only part of the story though because well know, no not really because if the, you li- now if you if you now listen to that, fee, the transfer the financial fee. show they they might have spent sixty seventy million on him but the total cost of that deal is like forty million a year. Well, so. your finances are are whimsical and guesswork. As are <laughs> as are anyone. <laughs> Your glass. Ass is like what? <laughs> just there's just so un, such unnecessary hate. I mean, listen, I I, I get. Listen, Andy, I get that Mike's I get that Mike's financial things are incredibly boring to get through. But you gotta watch them to understand the mechanics. I watched it and I got through seventeen ish minutes, and then I had to go do something, and I enjoyed what I was listening to. It tickled your fancy. You're, you're just you're just pissed that when you go to a pool, this is what you look like, and and when that's I go to a pool, fame is what you put in the Google. No, <laughs> that's in the that's in the intro. How do I know? <laughs> for, but forget forget. I don't watch the intro. I just tune out. <laughs> forget the Holland thing. The Julian Alvarez for fourteen point five million is absolutely insane. That guy, like we have, believe it or not, I actually did a little World Cup fantasy uh, game, and um, because it had no impact on Arsenal at all, and Julian Alvarez was like one of my sleeper picks. Like, like he, that guy was always a threat to score or scoring, and I just completely forgot that he plays for Manchester uh, for Manchester City at this point. That's well, not good. That's not no, good at all. It, it isn't good, and I, I think you could throw him on one of the wings if you needed to. Now that they need to, but um, Foden, Mares, Grealish, Grealish, uh, Holland, Alvarez. Uh, no wonder they sold Ferran Torres. But if you think about like how crazy it is that like you have this like absolute monster in Holland, and then Julian Alvarez kind of just takes the World Cup and was like, "Here's what I can do." I mean, they are com- two completely different players who are absolutely world beaters, like mm. different world beaters. Like it's insane. If you had those two on the pitch, you'd need like six center backs. It'd be it'd be nuts. I, I mean, I agree with you, but this is an Arsenal podcast, so I don't really like talking about City players that much. No, no, that, no. Like, it's ridiculous that we're looking at strikers for fifty million when they got someone for fifteen, and he's that good. Hey, Aston, I just want to point out. Uh, your buddy Tom is here. Hey Tom, how you doing, Tom? 
for 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 some reason, Mike is upset because listen, I don't know if you guys have figured this oh, out. You yet. guys were going at it on, on Twitter. Andy man. figured this out a long time ago, and he actually sat me down before I joined the party. He's like, "Listen, Aston, I need you to understand this," and that is Mike is a drama queen okay thank he you just, been saying it for nine consume. years he just loves to consume it so anytime there's just the hint of drama between any two people it has to be some sort of war tom i love you i have always loved you i will never stop loving Aston, you. Aston, when, Aston, when i get you. to england we we owe a beer don't listen to this man we, we and, and what he has to you. say I, I said you know who you're talking to right now that way the only um, thing you need to know about Tom Canton, and this is important for you to know, Aston, <laughs> if anything from his account, his texts are funny, they were written by his wife, Georgia. That's all Done. you need to know. I believe that. Who, who, well, not who, but which I recently entered uh, on my way down here. I saw the video. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, listen, it's those massage jets. I swear to God, he's just been on one this entire time. It is. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> hey, if you don't have a hot tub by March, I'm rethinking this trip. Okay. Oh, it'll be it'll the, the pool itself will be a hot tub. <laughs> but we don't, we don't need to distinguish between pool and hot tub. The pool will be at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, this is, this a is so I, I love how people have just said I'm going to forget all the people on the panel of the pod I'm watching <laughs> and just start asking user questions of the one of the <laughs> other people that are in the in the uh, yeah. Because by God, we are trying we are, to finish this segment on transfers. We um, are a conduit to other podcasters. Not this an is fucking podcast. classic Canton. Just strolls in and takes over, and he's not even on the fucking screen. Just send him a link to get him on this fucking thing. You know what? I bet he won't. He's watching Love Island or some bullshit. <laughs> Actually, I could call up because me and Tom are buddies now. I could call him up and be on the pod, but I don't want to insult him with. I don't want to insult our friendship with that sort he's of. Now answering questions in the chat. This guy knows no bounds. He is just. So I'm, I'm so, gonna. I'm he's gonna, a true leader of men. No, no. We've, but gi- I, we've given him. We've given him user questions. Yeah. We've given him all of the guests that he's gotten. Um, you know, I uh, I asked the football content awards to upgrade him from a bronze to a silver this year, um, just to see how he would manage and take it. And, and I'm not impressed so far with 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 what it's done to his head. The yeah. Gooder podcast does not. Um, um, share opinions with Mike, just so we know. Just so we know, we're like uh, the Gunners podcast and Tom's podcast, we're we're friends. We we get along. This 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 guy, this guy down here, man. Remember that time we went on Tom's pod and <laughs> we all agree to say a bunch of times to see if he'd catch on to it. And, yeah, we kept day. saying at the at the end of the day, <laughs> and we at counted the like forty nine times, and 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 finally at the end, we were just saying it over and over again. And when we went off air, we had to explain to him that, like, he's like, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't figure out what it was. All right. We have been so completely off the rails. Chat, I'm going to ask you real quick. If you could just send in your questions uh, as we try to get something going. Hey, Tom, uh, send your questions question. into Tom. Tom, specific- um, what formation should I line my kids up tonight in our <laughs> under six uh, indoor winter fall session Champions League final? One thing Tom doesn't know about is kids, because he himself is a fetus. Um, all right. Here was the question I wanted to go to about 25 minutes ago. Um, we have to just end this once and for all. Messi and Ronaldo. 
this World Cup has done, and, and, and the way this season has gone in general, I think has ended this debate. Um, I mean, please, someone, if you feel differently, correct me. But No, like- I, Messi's the GOAT. And, and listen, Ronaldo is a great player. He's an impact player. But I got to the point. You got to after- take the whole picture. When when I used to watch El Clasico's back in the day when Ray you know on in in the states when uh, for BN when Ray and and Ray Hudson and Phil Shane um, did the calls those games in the peak Messi versus Ronaldo years were just can't miss stuff and the drama and the and you had to like one and you had to hate the other and I was a Barca guy which gradually got picked and picked and picked away as we kept playing them in the Champions League and they. Took uh, took Cesc from us. I was like, I don't know if I can continue to be a Barca guy here, but like I was always Messi over Ronaldo. And you know, in the latter years of his time at Real Madrid, he really—I mean—he earned my respect. As a, I mean, I look—he's a, a fantastic footballer, but like I started to feel like maybe the whole good versus evil thing with him and Messi was a was overstated, and that he was—you know—he he he does good things. He's he's really just an otherworldly footballer and and now i just think the guy's a douchebag i mean aside from the th- you know look they've both been they've both been accused of crimes and or convicted i think messi's been convicted of tax crimes and we all know what ronaldo's been accused of and and so they're not great people most incredible athletes aren't kobe had his faults jordan had and has his faults. I mean, the, when you get to that level, you have to be pathological in just about every way. Yeah, but you get it. Here's my question for you, though, Mike. Like, outside of okay, so the Ronaldo thing never came to light, but rape is a pretty like individual thing. Do you think Lionel Messi's really sitting down with his accountants and his tax? I mean, like, ultimately, there's a lot of people on a team that probably like, well, we can save this guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into judging their crimes and comparing them and stuff because I really do. I my my only point for bringing that up is that, that you know it is you love drama. Versus, it isn't good versus evil, like like it's made out to be. Ronaldo is the, <laughs> is, the, is the is the is the heel in wrestling terms, and Messi is the face. But that isn't the case. Footballistically, though, and the impact on their teams and all that, I, I, I you've never seen it more than you have in the last six months. That his PSG teammates, I mean, and look, these are two of the maybe two of the five best, five or six best players in the world right now. In, in Mbappe and Neymar, love playing with Messi. They mm. are better because they play with him. And Ronaldo's teammates are nobody right now. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have any. No, they are people. They just hate him. No, he doesn't have any right now. He's Listen, I'm gonna, I'm come, I'm gonna come in with the counter. I'm gonna come in with the counter. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come. Listen, Messi is the GOAT. That's not the question. Ronaldo is the second best player of all time, though. I think one of the things that does get understated, though, in these last year or so, is dudes had some traumatic stuff happen to him. And I think that the way that people grieve, respectfully to him, the way that people handle these things, sometimes comes out in ways that we may not understand. I say I that because about that as well. That that's 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 yeah, a, that's fact. a good point. I, I, and, yeah, and, 
I say that because at Real Madrid and at Juve and at his first in at United, did he have a big personality? Absolutely. But it wasn't this self-centered, like this level of, of what we're seeing. I think that when you're talking about the way that he's grieving a man coming to terms with the end of his legacy, I mean, he is, again, the second greatest player of all time by like literally most metrics. The only the only reason why Ronaldo is not the greatest player of all time is because Messi exists. Literally, like think about what that must be like. And then again, you're you're going into your last World Cup with all the things that have just happened to you that keep happening to. Yeah, I think he's cracking up a little bit. If you notice the ways that he's having his um, interviews, one of the things that I can't stand is when we pick on the people. Um, people that are going through traumatic situations like that. And if you notice, I can hear a little bit of that paranoia that you get when you crack up. He's a little bit like the world is against them. Manchester United are plotting against them. Coaches are plotting against them. That conspiratorial it's thinking. It's a little Lee ish Yeah, you know? it's a little Kanye, if you want to be real. If, if we want to be, you know, on on topic it's a little kanye you know what i, I mean know that, i don't know that ronaldo would 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 uh would would go on a podcast and start talking about hitler though i mean I, I'll, that's I'll give, true I'll give ronaldo that's true that, that, ronaldo ronaldo hasn't hit kanye bottom yet okay no. but but so that's why i just want to be a little more respectful when it comes to this situation because i think very publicly you're seeing a guy that hasn't gone and and dealt with He's putting himself in high-pressure situations that he needs to be far, far away from right now. That's um, why that, I think the best thing for him probably right now would be to, to spend the next six months at, 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 uh, at sporting. Yeah. Get some hometown love, make the team better, and then if he wants to go to Saudi Arabia for all that money... Then they said he's training with I, Real Madrid right now. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. He, but he's training alone with Real Madrid. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, honestly, if I were him, I would go get the bag. I don't know what the hell he's doing in Lisbon. Yeah, I, I heard that because I heard the coach in Lisbon actually said that he didn't want him. So, well, really. here's the thing, Aston. Like, okay, so I, I, I hope I never go through what he went through losing a child, right? Ever. But well, you're not you saying. can't you can't show up to training and demand certain things just because you're a CR seven. You can't leave a game at halftime because you got subbed off because you're CR7. You're still a teammate. You know, when Messi decided back in the day that he wasn't happy with the Argentina setup, he just turned around and said, I'm going to retire. And he did that after losing a final. He did that in the heat of the moment after the match. And then he probably got pulled away with his family and advisors, sat down and said, you know what? No, I'm gonna, I, I can come back. I got time. We can figure this out. He didn't throw his toys out of the pram as far as I'm aware. He didn't throw anyone under the bus. He just kind of did what he did. Now, yesterday he came out and said, I'm happy my last ever game at the World Cup's in a final. I think this is the last time we'll see these two. I agree with someone's comments. We're likely never going to see this type of talent again because no one aside from Holland is going to rival Mbappe, and Holland doesn't really have the attributes to rival Mbappe because they're just so different. Yeah, I look at the whole. Yeah, I look. Holland might might rival and become one of the greatest goal scorers. Strikers, yeah, he'll he'll be up there with the other Ronaldo, right? He's not going to be. He can break Thierry's record. He can break all this. I think you guys are nuts with this Mbappe Holland comparison. I think they are incredibly 
very much in the same league. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Mbappe does not have great assist numbers. Messi is the Messi. That's why Messi is an alien. Messi is an alien because he's literally the best at every position on the that's field minus saying. defense. Well, ne- neither one like, of them are Messi. Neither no, one no, of them. What are I'm Messi. saying is like. Holland is going to play around the box and he's maybe going to drop 20 yards away. Mbappe will be an Henri Messi where he will go and collect the ball in the other half, dribble through nine players, upper 90 it, and do it all in smooth motion. Holland's not going to do that. That's where the comparison is. And, we, and we've seen we've seen some assist. I mean, his he, he assisted the goal today, the second goal, um, and created it and assisted it. He I, the the last PSG game I was at against Lorient. He, um, I mean, <clears throat> did some unbelievable shit to to assist Neymar and and uh, I mean I, I I think he is the closest thing to to Messi except a little less graceful, a little bit more powerful. I mean, imagine if Messi was powerful on top of what he was what he was doing, he probably wouldn't be as graceful, but. I posted. I, I I I said it all in a tweet yesterday. You know, Ronaldo to me, people that just like team Ronaldo. If you if you have to identify as one or the other, it it's the people that like the kind of hard edge conflict, the YouTube generation, the the which is rich coming from Mike because that's what he likes. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that, that that that's you know, if you're a Piers Morgan type who just who is a cult of personality freak. And isn't just, I mean, doesn't understand that there's a difference between personality, forcefulness, um, you know, incredible talent and someone who is a well-rounded teammate that fits into a a thing. Messi would make everyone around him better, whereas Ronaldo expects everyone around him to essentially suit him and, and, uh, and supply him. And and to me, one one is one is you know brash metal and and, well, and the other thing too noise, is like, the other is art. But, but here's the difference, though, like because I'm not sure that you. It's fair to say like Messi isn't that type of individual. However, Messi's not going to news outlets when someone says no. Someone could say to him like, "We're not doing this. I'm not supporting this." Ronaldo just immediately out of kids' hands either. Well, that that I mean, come on, that's that's not fair. That whole thing got blown out of proportion. But ultimately, like when you look at it, like Ronaldo turns around, the first thing he does when the toys are out of the pram, he's like, "I'm going to go tell the media." Mm. A lot of other athletes don't do that. Like, I sorry to take this back to hockey, but I was listening to the Spit and Chicklets yesterday, and did you hear the Pat Maroon stuff where the guy in Boston made fun of his weight? No. So there's an NHL player and he's a bigger guy. And this Boston call play announcer literally made fun of him for being fat for like four minutes. And Maroon heard that and got really mad. But he said, I had to stop and realize I'm a professional athlete and I can't retaliate. Like I can't do anything. I'm going to get in trouble. So he turned around and said, I'm going to donate money to people with body images and I'm going to go that route. And this guy is perceived as an absolute asshat, but he goes, it sucks because when you're in the limelight, you don't get right or wrong. You're always wrong. So he's like, I took the high road and I decided just to let it go. Ronaldo doesn't care about that. He doesn't have that that thought in his mind to go, I shouldn't do that. He's like, book me on Piers Morgan. Who is the most controversial I could go on? That's the route I'm going. I, I think that, I again, I, and, and call me a big softy, I think that you guys are just picking on him. I think that in the last, I think until the last year, matter of fact, when he transferred to Manchester United, they all 
cried to have him back because until that point he was one of the most not only not only was he one of the greatest players on the planet he's always been nothing but professional and respectful i think until this last in united and what does that say about united and their toxicity um i think until that until that Senate united you didn't see any of this also by the way you saw that with pogba too like i think there's a weird little trend of players going to united and there being something that of a media circus around them i think outside of i think outside of the last <laughs> year where i again attribute a lot of this to trauma he's never like like think about that while he was at juve was he talking shit about messi was he talking like, you know, was he talking garbage about everybody around him when he was at Real Madrid, even when they lost to Messi? Was he was he did he do this huge fanfare? I think this is a relatively new thing. And I think that change in demeanor, I think we can point to things that are causing that more than that. But anyways, like I was you saying, know the story, you know the story behind why he left Madrid for Juventus in the first place, because he wanted to he wanted to be in a different team. He's just yeah, some I, people, no, that some people are just that way. I, I don't know the story. I was asking you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, all I heard was he wanted to he wanted to win Champions League with a different team. That's always been something that's been really big with him because of the Messi's been in the La Liga longer, so he will have all of the like all time top score stats for his, because he's at a single club. Go it's ahead. Just in that reek of I want to do this so that I can. What, have what this. makes me laugh is this is how he left Juventus because I just. <laughs> He literally went into Allegri's office, and this is what Allegri told the press. I was told the player cleaned out his locker. He said farewell to his teammates. He came in and told me he wasn't going to play for Juventus again, and he headed back to Portugal. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not how you leave a club. Like, you you sit down and you talk to people about it. He just packed up and was like, I'm out. Deuces. I, I think I think that that's – I think to think that that's actually what went down See, I is read, a little – I read into that as – I left Madrid because you know I've won a bunch of Premier uh, Champions Leagues there, and I want mm. my legacy to to be to win Champions Leagues with multiple teams, kind of the the book of Mourinho in a sense. And then he went to Juventus, and he couldn't get it done there. And yeah. so we, you know, and, and so he just basically said, "Well, I'm I'm leaving. Like you know, the club doesn't deserve me." I mean, that I'm reading a lot into it. You're talking about the club, the club that just fired all their their back staff, like their staff, right? I, th but that was that was years ago. Here's the thing, Ronaldo. What do you mean? It was literally off. this year. No, 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 I mean, no, Ronaldo left years ago. But they were in charge then, were they not? Well, who knows? I don't know. It's fucking Juventus. Those fuckers have been corrupt for like twenty years. Here, what I do know though is that. Yeah, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is the yeah. one disrespectful thing that you guys have done this entire time is. Putting anybody in the same bracket is messy. In statistics, we have this thing. In football statistics, we have this thing, and it's called the messy line. And, no, and it's for every single position. There is no player on earth that, that, that has ever existed that goes in the category of messy. So I'm sorry. Mbappe and Ronaldo, that's a great comparison. But anybody in messy, no. Get the hell out of here, man. He's, here, he's the, the guy. The, the, difference, the biggest difference for me between the two, and they're both – Messi is the GOAT. Ronaldo's close behind. Ronaldo's gone through his entire career caring about his brand. And Messi has not. He's done the commercials, but he's not cared about his brand. I do think the two of them hated each other. The two of them needed each other to get to the heights they're at. And I think the two of them now are, are friends. If you watch that documentary on Ronaldo, which was incredible. Bird, bird and magic. 
Yeah. It's bird and magic. Bird was want... the bad guy. Magic was the good guy. Exactly. The whole, we've seen this story so many times. Totally. You need you need those people. But Ronaldo cares about his brand. And I think the greatest thing right now, as an Englishman, I don't want Argentina to win the World Cup. I want Messi to win it because that puts the cherry on top of the cake. And for Ronaldo, who's done so much in the last couple of years to fix his brand – this is just like the biggest shot to the Achilles. Now, if I'm Ronaldo, I'm looking at the United States saying, I'm a little bit older. I'm going to go get paid. I'm going to go live somewhere where it's warm. I'm going to live in a country where the press... He's going to get paid 26 million pounds a year, like you, or, or, or he 35, like he was. I know he doesn't need money, but he's got a 200 million pound offer. And, and sometimes ego... Yeah. Guys like that are, you know, if they have someone offering them 200 million a year to play or whatever that Saudi Arabia offer was, and he's got to go to the U.S. and be, you know, maybe he doubles the highest contract ever in the MLS before. He's still going to be making the equivalent of probably 200,000 pounds a week. If I just put it in, Ronaldo's net worth is just shy of 500 million. And Massey's net worth is about six hundred and thirty million. See, there you go. So there you go. There was one of all the taxes he didn't pay. But but yes, that's uh, that's that's absolutely true. I love Se- Sebi's in here. First of all, Sebi believes that uh, Zidane is number one, Giroud number two, and then Messi number three. Um, Sebi, so, so so he's drunk. <laughs> no, he's French. He's probably <laughs> drunk on baguettes. He's drunk on Prosecco. Um, if you if if your team loses tonight, Andy, yeah, yeah, Tom, it's Tom's fault. hundred percent. Because he's oh. been giving he's been giving uh, you know he's talking about a two kids spine, which I'm not even gonna say anything about. Um, um yeah, you know, it, it also depends on who shows up. I should have put that, uh, you know. So if, so if Leo Messo doesn't show up, then then you guys have no chance. Is Leo Messo like an actual? Was that like a joke? Or is that an no, actual like Nigerian? No, no, no he's, kid. Like, he's Kenyan, first of all. Oh, Kenyan. Uh, Excuse me. Well, I, um, he's, I'm I, sorry. That I thought he was Nigerian. Excuse me, that he's Kenyan. So so every African football player yeah. now is 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 Nigerian. Hey, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. You didn't have to. Um, it, 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 Leo, was Leo it was felt. Hey, he's a tall, I'm, not the, he's I'm not the one who told Saka to grab a taxi in the Middle East, okay? That was Aston. <laughs> what is wrong? All right. The, uh, you knew what you were getting into. Um, the uh, Yeah, he's like a 12. I think he's 12 until he's 13. I get and, um, and and there's, uh, no, there, there's an actual picture of him. Uh, being signed by Per Mertesacker, which uh, one of you guys talk and I'll bring it up. Speaking of greatest players of all time, though, we should be comparing Messi with Olivier Giroud because they're going to be meeting in the final. Olivier, I I can't, you guys know how I feel about Olivier. So much. I fucking hate him. (laughs) I I loved him after he left us, but then that shit in the cup final on the plane. Yeah, that pissed me off, but I've forgiven him for that. The guy is unbelievable. Fuck that guy. 
Oh. I've never, I, I I've would, never met I a would professional. If I, had a chance. I would never met a professional so perfect at nicking a living as Olivier Giroud. I oh, come on. Are we good? This is going like, to be our like, first. After like, my first argument was, was like, who was better, Ramsey or Giroud? Or who I, I, I fucking love the fact that in that in that England game, he literally, the commentators had just said he had only eight touches before he scored. Like, what is this? What is he? How does this happen? Let me ask you a question, Mike. Let me ask you a question. Would Olivier Giroud Giroud have the goal record that he has if he played on Morocco? Fuck off. No, he wouldn't. He's been surrounded his entire career by good players, and I agree with Aston. Not on the tactics that he had before, but I agree with Aston on this particular comment. (laughs) (laughs) So Saga should get a taxi is what you're saying. No, I don't agree with that, but I do agree with you that Giroud has been in a taxi his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how he name does it. One, name one other worldly goal that Arsenal has scored in the last in, in the last 10 years before he left or last five years before he left that, that he wasn't part of. Aaron I, I back in on Tottenham. A couple of rough passes. Was he part of the Jack Wilshire? North yes, he's the he's the last person to touch it before Wilshire. Hey, he's the last you know person to touch. You go on a plane. You go on the plane after playing for a club that gave you the fucking name on the back of your shirt to the world, and then you fucking disrespect us on camera. You can fuck off and eat a piece of shit. And then also, why does he have to lift up his shirt every time he fucking kicks the ball into Rose Red? Like an out, that's for me. For me. For me. That's why. That's yeah. why he takes it up. For me. Oh, we get you have abs, you fucking gorgeous prick. Delicious. You talking to me or Giroud now? Giroud. Not you. Oh, Giroud. Like, my, my God. Anyways... I like how Mike. I like how Mike goes. Name one other uh, other worldly goal, and I can name like five. And he's just like moving on. Well, no, <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He had the last. He he had the second to final touch on. Giroud both, has scored many both, many good goals. He has both, a highlight reel yeah. the level of Messi. We know. Yeah, we listen, know what he is. I'm not talking about the goals he scored. I'm not talking about the scorpion kick. I'm not talking about the overhead kicks and the and the scissor kicks and 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 those goals. I'm talking about. The assists, the, the the Wilshire goal, the Riziki goal, both FA Cup winning goals against uh, against um, uh, that 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 Ramsey just easily finished off because they were put on a on a platter for him. Yeah, and there was that time he scored all those goals that got us through in Champions League against Monaco. Oh yeah, wait. yeah, he scored. He scored that one time that he got us to the Premier League. He got, he, he won didn't as a score any goals in that game either. So shut you up. know what? He's the equivalent of Pele. Everyone says he's great because he scored a ton of goals. He played for Santos for like twenty years. We could have scored six hundred goals in that league. It killed mm-hmm. me that that. The the foot the Arsenal the ex Arsenal football player that I love the most in the world eliminated England from the World Cup, which is why Andy is so. It's you are (laughs) you are not upset over the the thing he did on the bus. No, I am. I am upset about the other day, and I'm I'm upset about the other day as well. I don't think Andy cares about England. The other person responsible for England going out is the is is our most hated ex Arsenal player of all time, Harry Kane. (laughs) That was funny. Uh, can we talk? Can we please talk about Harry Kane bottling? First of all, Bukayo Saka, best player on the pitch that day, by far. Like, not even oh. close. He was I, him, but the fact that he was taken off and around the world, people were just like, "What the hell is Southgate doing?" Non-Arsenal twitters around the fucking world 
Wait, like, what are you doing right word, now? Word is that he was absolutely knackered, though, because, I mean, he basically yeah. ran, like, 47 miles. Well, in France, I, like, I, Sorry, turned to my, I turned to my friend who who doesn't – he's new – like, my neighbor's new to football. He He's like, hey, how do I get into this? What team should I like? And even he said to me, he goes, God, they're fouling number 17 a lot or whatever number he was. And I said, because that's the only way they can stop him at this point, right? Yeah. And, and, and that took a toll. And like Ian Wright said, the only chance that he got taken off was because he was hurt. And um, we are, we have a gift at Arsenal and we're not going to have this gift for very long. Um, he will be a city player at some point. And I've been saying that for a while and we need to embrace this gift. And I think he, and as my prediction, Mike, what was, my, what was my over, what was my over prediction for the season? Your over prediction for the season. You wanted the one like crazy prediction. I said that Bukayo Saka would be in the conversation for the Ballion Dior. And you laughed at me and you said I was an idiot. And I now one of those things. The world has seen what I saw before you all. Okay. Wait, 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 you saw, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out, I was with you, I was letting you, I was letting you eat, brother, like, you were sitting there, Mike was on the grill, and you were just cooking, bro, but then, like, at the, you, you had to add a little tag at the end, like, that you saw before, get the Evan, fuck out of here. why are you coming at me when I'm about to prepare for a U6 cup final? You because, at I, me, bro. because I am the Bacayo Snacker, okay? <laughs> 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 like we can have this conversation in a week when we're in person, but don't come at me on the day of a cup final. He's <laughs> like, I can't handle this. Yeah, don't you, don't you know you don't you don't come after a guy the day of a cup final. You just no. don't. Oh man, no one hates on. Andy more than me, but you don't come after the guy on a you, day of a cup final. I might put a suit on and wear it to the game <laughs> just in case, you know. You come to me on the day of a cup final. <laughs> Listen, listen, but World Cup, back to the World Cup and actually things that are important. This World Cup's been crazy. Did you guys watch today's uh, today's game against Morocco? Because I had, I felt so bad for Morocco. I really did. Like, I think, first, I think it's crazy that an African side have never made it to the semifinal before, like in the history of the World Cup and all of the great African teams and players that we've seen. It's just insane to me. It's even more insane that they were the team that made it. And before the match, you could have easily said France were going to win this 6-0. Did they put on a performance to not only make those Moroccans proud, the entire continent of Africa? I mean, they fucking slayed it. And to not be given or not to have scored a goal, how that ball didn't cross the line at least once. It was Hugo Lloris sucks, except for when he plays for France. I swear. Like, because the I, Olivier Giroud factor about him. I, I'm sitting here just going, like, I we're, like listen. If Giroud's he pl- killing it for Milan right now. The only reason we won that game yesterday is because he wasn't able it's to play. It's a farmer's for league. No one watches that shit league. Yeah. Like, who, who, Guatemala. Like, unless you're, like, the mafia or hers, nobody watches Italian football. Yeah, uh, um, yeah like, it, Morocco is I, – I feel so bad, not because Morocco <laughs> didn't go through, because that would have been incredible, don't get me wrong. I would have – but what's so sad about that is they really deserved a goal. They really deserved a goal. They really did. Uh, they, they put France uh, under. By the way, how did you guys feel about Kanate coming on over Saliba? Well, in hindsight, 
it turned out to be good because he made a lot of key interceptions and was like probably France's best player for large stretches of that game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately I'm okay with it because I don't want Saliba to get hurt. Um, But I think from Deschamps perspective, that was a genius move because he played so well. Does it kind of suck? Sure. But Saliba's young. He's growing within that team. And in a few years, he'll uproot one of those two defenders. Oh, he'll, he'll be the starting center back locked in for the Euros in two years. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what a year and a half. I thought two, the, two even years. like all the French substitutions as well were just spot on. I mean, when they were getting destroyed in midfield, and like, granted, dude, that French squad is missing so many good players. But that's what's made, so crazy. He made so many good substitutions that really kind of slowed down Morocco. And like, you almost got to think if there was five, 10 extra minutes in that match, they were going to put the ball in the back of the net. It, that was just insane. I mean, <clears throat> listen, you're, you're going into the tournament, probably what 5,000 to one odds of winning it. And then you go do that in the semifinal. They've got to just be buzzing. Like Morocco should be partying tonight. Cause that was incredible. Well, they got to get ready for the big Croatia game on Saturday, though. Oh, that's true. They do. It's like the one tournament left in the world that has a third place game. Like, remember, like the college basketball tournament here in the States used to have a third place game. Especially this, like this tournament. Why even have it? It's, first of all, well, like, that, yeah. Second of all, it is usually one of the more entertaining games in the World Cup, to be honest. It's just that it doesn't have that same edge because it doesn't really matter at all. But. Well, I mean, you, you say it doesn't matter, but, but like... The, like the individual trophies, like, like, if, like if someone was up for the Golden Boot was playing in the third place game, I, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like you say it doesn't matter, but like I think it doesn't matter to countries that are rich and first world, mm-hmm. right? I think that like... I don't think that France or England or even maybe Croatia really care about third place. But for if an African team comes third, that's like historic, you know, that, oh, that, oh, is, well, yeah. that is a huge deal. Speaking of though, we're, we're talking about third, fourth place. Like Andy, is it going to be messy magic in the final or is France going to be the first team to come to hold two world cups after like what half a century? Going into the Dutch game, I was like, okay, Argentina have not shown me enough to prove they are not a one-man team. And then against the Dutch, they turned it on, and they were like 11 good players. Plus a Messi. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to count them for two because there were just moments of just – like aside from the penalty, which was – I mean, what do you expect the keeper to do? I don't know. I think it's going to be a hell of a final. And if you would have asked me before the World Cup, I would have suggested that it would have been either a combo of France, Brazil, Argentina, England in there. Um, I think it's the best final we could probably have asked for, right? I mean, they're two of the top four going in. We Aside couldn't have gotten Argentina-Brazil because they would have no, been made No, no, but I mean, like, any combo of those four are going to be in there, you know, prior to knowing, like, where the seedings were going. Um, I think it's going to be unbelievable. And I think Argentina probably edged the midfield just enough to, mm. to take the win. What do you think, Mike? Do you think that uh, Argentina's got this, or do you think Can France is going to? quick before Mike answers? Yeah. I'm guaranteeing you this is a this is a hot take. So Mike, get put get, get your pen and paper out because this is going to be a, no no bell. You're going to want to cut this and loop it. If Argentina win the World Cup, Lionel Messi retires at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. mm, that's a lot. from well. international football, yeah, but not no. Not, man, 
I hate you, Andy, because that's such a bad prediction that now I know Sokka. Uh, now I know Sokka won't get a Ballon d'Or. Like, isn't, isn't he already like on his way to Miami? Guys, yeah. a cup final in under an hour, and you're coming at me hot. You know? <laughs> You stop the podcast to ask that dumb question, so don't come, you know, don't come at me. Okay, but, um, but he does bring up a good question, Mike. How many goals will Olivier Giroud score? Well, I, <laughs> this is the World Cup Golden Boot standings right now. We got Messi with five goals, Mbappe with five goals, Giroud with four, Alvarez with four, all mm. playing in the final. So it, 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 it is, as they say, up for grabs now, and. Um, yeah, I, I think Giroud's going to score a, a hat trick. Mbappe's going to score twice, and Messi's going to score eight goals, and um, and and it's going to end up. Uh, I, I think Argentina's actually going to win. I, I think they're just they, they've so many times you see a team that has kind of a very slow start, and they pull it together, and then they're just unstoppable from that point on. And even though they almost blew the game against um, against uh, the Netherlands. They destroyed, for the most part, a very tough Croatia team. If, and, if and I, th I think that they're going to be the one team that can break France down. And if and, Argentina and win the World Cup, does Saudi Arabia get a mini World Cup? <laughs> like is that is that how it works? Listen, if Giroud scores a hat trick, Andy, are you going to join me on this program as we kneel before Giroud, as Arsene Wenger has told us to at this point? You can kneel before me on behalf of Giroud uh, and on behalf of Kneel us, before like, Giroud. If Giroud scores a hat trick in the World Cup final, Mike will get a Giroud tattoo. On uh, his I will get a, No, if Giroud gets a hat trick and France win the World Cup final, I'm getting a Sebi tattoo. <laughs> get out of here. I'm getting a tattoo of Sebi photoshopping me on a tattoo of Giroud on Wenger. Dude, the only person who gets it is Mark. Okay? He gets it. And he's got a cup final. Just allow him. Yeah, no more potting before cup finals for you because the stress goes to your head and you start saying just mad things, just mad things flying out of your mouth. The like, last time, Aston, someone said I said mad things, I was being told that the guy I essentially founded and brought to the forefront of Arsenal Football Club was that Bakayo Saka was going to be up for this <laughs> award. And here I am now again being told that I'm mad. Listen. Okay. Listen, I get you've been as as Bakayo Saka's personal agent and longtime family friend. I, I he has the pictures to prove it. By the way, it's it's crazy. I, I get I get it. I, I gave you that one. That's why I want to believe you. I want to believe you. But My you pictures just... with Saka are as legit as that picture with Leo Messo and <laughs> just. How 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 do you, Andy? How do you wake up in the morning to find the courage to say things that are just so so true and so brave? Um, you know, it takes a lot of self-reflection and <laughs> can you imagine being like a, a famous person and then walking Closing up your and eyes? Have, having some fat old Jewish guy wearing a shirt with your name on the back of it? Because I'm this is the shirt that I was wearing that day. Like, like, wouldn't that just not be weird? Like if you had like a if you walked up you, and there was I a dude the at the you're over 40 and you still put names on the back of your shirt is weird. His name. I don't put names on the back. I put his name. And yeah, but... um, so when the next the next time that the, that the team comes for a summer tour, Aston, if, if someone walks up to you and asks for a picture and he's got the Mac on the back mm. of his shirt, you just you have to, you know, savor that moment.
Yeah, it was like when I signed all those shirts outside of the um, box when I met the Cronkies. Yeah. yeah no, uh, was, hey, did the Cronkies ask you about Mike? I saw all those shirts on specifically. eBay. Specifically asked, asked me about Mike. They were like, listen, it's really great that you're here, but how's Mike doing? How are like, podcasts? How's the guy that asked me about hey, hockey after Aspen. I...
today. This has been the Gooners Podcast, episode 7.65, a podcast that happens just after the second videotaped masturbating person in the World Cup scores a goal um, in, in Randall Colo Muani. Um, look it up or don't look it up. We'll see you soon with some great guests. There's the top of the head of the uh, of the champion. You guys going to win tonight, Ollie? <laughs> you know why? You know why he's saying that? Because look at the shirt he has on. This is the mentality that is being bred in our house. My oh, your dad is a is a good guy, but a, but a pretty bad dad. Terrible dad. Terrible father. All right, love you.